0: Welcome and thank you to my friend, Bob Gentle, for joining us today. I am thrilled to have him here. I think anyone who's listening today is going to walk away with just some great nuggets. Bob always shares, and he's humble too, he, uh, he always shares just some really great insights. I don't think he realizes how wise he is. Bob, thank you so much for being here.
1: I am very excited to be here. It's actually very rare I get the chance to be a podcast guest. I don't do enough of this. Um so thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, well, you had me on your podcast a couple years ago and then about a year and a half ago a friend of ours and I think you were part of the initial, you know, it was a brainchild of you and our friend Lauren decided to start a peer-led mastermind and around the same time I was looking for something and um it was a great fit and so we've been part of a mastermind together. Um, and I've just learned so much from just rubbing shoulders virtually with you on our zoom calls a couple times a month. So, um, and not just from the things that you say, but just the way that you operate, the way that you run your business, the way that you approach your work and all of that. So I I have no doubt that people will get a lot from hearing about you today. Um, so Bob, you run amplify me agency. You're such a great expert and guru, in my opinion, on personal branding and how to position yourself well. You walk the walk, you talk the talk, you're the real deal. Um, Why don't you tell people a little bit about what does that mean, personal branding? How do you support people in that? How do you help people improve in personal branding and their marketing?
1: For me, personal branding is a bit of a cliche, if I'm honest, everybody has a personal brand that this idea of a brand being something that people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. Well, for most of us, a few people might speak about us when we're not in the room being intentional about personal branding and really cultivating it and leaning into it is really about making sure people are speaking about you when you're not in the room Mm. room and trying to influence what they might be saying and what they might be thinking. Yeah. Um, So for my clients, I work, With entrepreneurs and executives so for executives personal branding is really about what i might call a leader brand it's about being visible in your organization as a leader and making sure that you're known for the right things within your organization both within and without because your brand as an executive is an asset that your organization has um in terms of A standard that people can get behind but it also really matters for those people that you are leading because for a lot of people especially today we're all working remotely we don't see our teams as often as we might have so a lot of people are starting to become feeling like they're a commodity Mm -hmm. and that's a real problem yeah because if you're a commodity you're going to move for a dollar more right so leadership becomes really important Um, and leadership for the right reasons, being known inside your company for the right things. Mm. For entrepreneurs, it's equally important that your customers know about you, that your potential customers know about you. But the problem entrepreneurs have is you can't get paid for being famous. That's a problem. So for them, I'm also supporting in the monetization role, helping them understand what is their zone of genius, and who needs that the most and try to draw a line between the two in order yeah. that they can get paid, essentially. Um so that's what I do. I've it, it's becoming my signature that I forget what the question actually was.
0: <laughs> well, you you gave us a good background of what you do. So okay. that's really all, <laughs> all yeah. I was hoping to to gain there. Cause you know, when people talk about themselves. They use certain phrases. I I actually spoke about this this morning um, on another call I was on, because we were talking about website copy. And I said, I've gathered a bunch of phrases that you used while you were telling me these things. It's so much better sometimes when people talk, right? Because they say things that they wouldn't normally type if they were just typing on a blank document on their computer. People get real nervous, when they see that blinking cursor but if you're at a barbecue or you're walking at a meeting or you're at a conference and somebody asks you what you do most people whether they're in sales or they sit behind a computer all day in a cubicle everyone can talk about what they do and they use certain phrases and you can pick up on what's important to them so i love hearing yeah. people share from their mouth what people what they do so um and i love the fact that you were saying <laughs> you know you want to get people talking about you it's not just what they say but are they saying anything because i've heard people you know use that original kind of definition of like what are people saying about you when you're not in the room but you know staying top of mind with people and having you know creating reasons for people to talk about you and to be bringing you up in conversations that's really important, especially in our virtual space. Um, How have you seen that evolving since the pandemic and being more virtual and being more remote?
1: I see two things happening. It's it's almost like a virtual natural selection, Mm -hmm. which is potentially a problem for a lot of people. And I think this is maybe why I'm finding some success at the moment. The problem, I think, with personal branding and the people who tend to be talking about personal branding Mm -hmm. is a lot of the time, it's what you might call the alphas. Um, It tends to be the quite assertive, confident, quite charismatic people Mm -hmm. that put themselves forward um, and become visible as personal brands. And I think that's a problem for a lot of people because they're not great role models because most of us aren't like that. Right. Problem with a lot of really smart people is a lot of the time, they're not very outgoing. So the trend that I see at the moment is an awful lot of people who are not necessarily the best people pushing to the front and being very visible. Mm. The reason I think I'm seeing some success is I'm not one of those people. I am naturally very shy. I'm quite introverted. I'm nobody's idea of an alpha male. Mm. And yet, I've managed to do it. And for me, it has been really difficult to do it myself. Really? What have you
0: done to overcome some of that?
1: Well, I remember there was a moment where I had a big aha. And I used a podcast as a bit of a proxy to being visible because I didn't have to be on camera, didn't have to record video. I could use, a guest interview as an excuse. So my role in a guest interview is I just have to show up and ask questions. It's kind of easy.
0: Right, you're just facilitating.
1: Yeah. But there came a point where I thought, you know what, this is great, but it's only taken me so far. I need to be visible. And it was so hard. Now, one of the things not that many people know about me is I spent about 15 years working in search and rescue. And I led a search and rescue team. And I was quite happy hanging under helicopters, climbing down cliffs in the middle of the night, swimming out to sea in the dark. These things were fine. Help, sort of recovering bodies, things like that, not a problem. And I'm sitting there thinking, just hang on a minute. You can do all that, but you find making a YouTube video scary? Yeah. Come on. And I thought, well, how do we train people to do those things? Perspective
0: shift, huh? Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's a gradual process of desensitization over time. So let's just apply the same thing to personal branding. Yeah, Let's just start making it, get over it. You don't have to show it to anybody. And then over time, it's going to become natural. And that worked like a charm for me. Mm. But just because it worked for a charm like me doesn't mean it's going to work for like a charm for other people. Um, and if you ask me what the trend that I see is, Sadly, it is a lot of people with great ability hiding in the dark. Yeah. They, they don't come out of that at all. And a lot of people with mediocre ability getting an awful lot of airtime. Um, and and I, I'm not happy with that. So if anybody's listening, thinking, hey, that's me in the dark. I've got you.
0: Oh, well, you're speaking right to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the last two years, I've definitely pulled back a little bit. Um, and as you're speaking, I'm realizing, you know, pre 2020, I went to way more conferences, way more live events, way more coffee meetings with, you know, one-on-one scenarios where now it's more virtual spaces and you don't run into people that, you know, face-to-face all the time, like you did a couple years ago. <laughs> I've still gone to some conferences here since the pandemic, but um, it's not nearly to the same scale. So as I'm saying, as you're talking, I'm like, well, yeah, how are people going to even rub shoulders with me virtually if I'm not putting anything out there? Um, And so it's been, yeah, just hearing you talk is really convicting to me.
1: So a great example at the moment, I have a client that's been a client for 10 years. And I know he needs quite a lot of work done that I'm ideal to help with. And I, two years ago, I would have just picked up the phone and said, hey, John, we need to talk. Mm -hmm. It would have been done in five minutes. Now, I've spent three weeks trying to schedule a Zoom call. What is wrong with me? I've changed. Now, I can't just pick up the phone anymore. Interesting. The flip side of that is teleport me back three years ago. I was a local business dealing with local businesses and Mm -hmm. I was a generalist I was doing if from a marketing perspective, I would have walked your dog if you'd asked me. (laughs) Whereas now I have clients in, I had to make a list. I thought I'm going to speak about this. I need to make a list because it's a big list. I have clients in Australia, Qatar, Canada, all across the UK, all across the U S Germany, France, and Mexico. Wow. That would never have happened three years ago. Yeah. that's the contrast
0: from from just other conversations that we've had in our mastermind. You seem like you're staying more in your lane too. You're not that generalist as much as you are. You're really focused on the personal branding and leader brand.
1: Yeah, and I think the difference for me, and I think this is the thing I would say that this is the great opportunity is being an, a solopreneur and international, and being able to do that through things like Zoom has become normalized. In two years two years ago people would have thought that i was crazy trying to be the guy that was helping them from i have a client in in canada that could probably hire somebody to do what i'm doing locally but it would be at a very different level yeah but now she just would never consider doing that she would naturally go out and look for the very best person in the world um so and the world has changed
0: that's normal now
1: yeah so if you're visible online and you really own that you lean into it you become known as the guy which yeah. is possible yeah there's so much opportunity to to stay in your lane yeah. to stay in your zone of genius and work for that one person you really want to work for we passed eight billion people in the world yesterday um so there's plenty of opportunity if you show up
0: Yeah. So you have focused more on creating more of your own content, putting yourself out there. Are there any other ways that you've kind of innovated in the past few years to focus on this personal branding, focus on the leader branding, all of that stuff to be known for just that?
1: I think innovation implies doing something different from the way you've done it before. And for me, that's really what the last two or three years have been about. Um, I used to be what I would call an ordinary business, doing things in ordinary ways, and Mm. from that you get ordinary results. Yeah. Being intentional about pivoting away from that, baby step by baby step, now means that I'm getting extraordinary results, doing extraordinary work that I love with extraordinary people who I love. And who doesn't want that
0: right so
1: for me the innovation has been baby steps you just have to take little steps little steps little steps and over time they lead you down a long and interesting path and for me the other innovation i guess it all boils down to courage that you can talk marketing tactics till you're blue in the face you can talk strategy all day long but until you've got the courage to take action yeah nothing's going to happen
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i made excuses for myself for a decade mm-hmm. um and literally in two years my business is the most profitable it's ever been in 20 years in business wow. and i have gone from having 15 staff to a virtual team of three
0: wow congrats bob congrats yeah that's and that's a good feeling too you know to feel like you've kind of Found more of your sweet spot, even though we're always continuing to, you know, evolve and grow in that. But to find something that is working is wonderful. Um, so if you had to go back to young Bob, fresh out of college, fresh out of high school, you know, just starting your career or thinking about your career, is there any advice you would give young Bob?
1: I would say listen to yourself much more. Trust yourself much more mm. and bet on yourself much, much more. And know that there are people out there in the world who will like you. And I think this is something so many people worry about yeah. is being liked. And especially if you're used to doing business in a small predatory business community and standing up for yourself Yeah, will allow those people who actually like you to find you because right. that's the problem most people have is they're so busy cowering in the dark that those people who would naturally like them they'll never find you yeah um, and they are there i think james altucher i think it was in his book Chim, choose yourself he said that it doesn't matter who you are one third of people will not care one third of people will not like you and one third of people will love you Mm. But if you're busy doing this, the numbers can never grow. So focus all your effort on that one third that will love you. Yeah. And everything else will take care of itself. Mm.
0: Now, I know just from other meetings that we've had that you are a pretty avid reader, or I don't know if you listen to them or you just read summaries or if you read the full books themselves. I'm but... just old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I feel like you always come to our mastermind meetings with a different book of saying you should read this, but are there any good books that you've read recently that you would say, oh, if you're trying to grow your personal brand or just grow your marketing space or who you are showing up in the world online, you should read these books.
1: Two books. Number one is Mark Schaefer, The Daddy, um, and his book called Known. It is just From beginning to end, case studies of ordinary people achieving extraordinary things Mm. just by being consistent. But showing up is hard. Yeah. The other book that really helped me with that was Todd Herman's Alter Ego Effect. Okay. Because it allowed me to separate the work of showing up from my own identity.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And over time, I could then step into that new identity, but it allowed me to separate it And say, it's not me that's showing up. It's a version of me that's for showing up. Yeah. Um, And that was much, much easier. So Mark Schaefer known, Todd Herman, the alter ego effect.
0: Okay, great. As you're thinking about like where marketing is today, where personal branding is today, how people get their exposure out there. If you were to give somebody one piece of advice... Or you could do two. I'm not going to stick to the just one rule, but one piece of advice for if they want to go get out and get another simple marketing win, small, large, easy, hard, what would you tell them to go do?
1: For a brand to be communicated, I like to think about a brand as a beacon. And for a brand to be seen, it needs to shine quite brightly. And corporate brands, commercial brands, they need an awful lot of power and power is time and money. Yeah. Personal brands, it's like they need a fraction of the energy. Mm. They just are much, much more efficient. Yeah. So they take much less time and they take much less money. So my advice would be stop pouring all your energy into a corporate brand. If you're a small business, especially, start putting your energy into the personal brand, because you will get ten times more for your time and for your money.
0: Great, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like when I talk with people, you know, a, a company might hire me to help with their social media execution, strategy, content, all of that. But I always ask, you know, who's the face of the brand? Can I? Can we get access to their LinkedIn profile? At the very least, I mean, because I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn personal profiles, and um, you just get so much easier traction because people yeah. love interacting with real people um, and then the stuff for the brand just kind of follows suit once the personal brand is in is in a good good spot.
1: yeah, I often say to clients, if there isn't a face on it, it probably isn't going to help you. Mm. There's, there's probably no point posting anything that doesn't have a face. As is, Well, there is, if you've literally got nothing else and nobody in your business is willing to have a picture online. But if you imagine driving down the highway and how many impressions your brain is taking in every second. Right. If somebody's standing at the side of the road, looking at the car window, you'll remember it all day long. We're hardwired as a species to pay attention to faces. Yeah. So why not? That there is a survival imperative to paying attention to faces so use yours doesn't matter whether you like your own face or not play the rule of thirds there is one third of people who will see that face that will love it yeah um if you don't have the face there it's yeah you can't play the numbers yeah um i like to encourage my clients when we're talking about corporates to think about having somebody almost as the mtv presenter for their business Gary Vaynerchuk talks about every business should be 80%, whatever they do for money. Yeah. And 20% media company. Mm. And that doesn't mean marketing. That means presenting. Yeah. And that's why he sees such success because he understands this idea of presenting your business. It's not right. It's not marketing as such. It's simply being there to mm-hmm. say hello and welcome people in online
0: well and as you're presenting there's going to be little nuggets that come out in the dialogue and just just the presence of merely getting up and presenting and being in the same subject matter as whatever your theme or you know keyword is there's going to be mm-hmm. these subconscious impressions that people get that oh bob's up here and he's presenting on something he's not even really talking about personal branding but because that's what he typically talks about and he's up here yet talking again people are going to just start assuming and make connections or if that's in your brand name or in your website materials like there's just so many subconscious connections that people are making as you get up and get out there
1: i think there's another really important aspect to this and i I know we've been talking for a while so i'll try and keep it short but as an organization, let's, let's, so, let's imagine, I have a $20 million company as a client and they have hundreds of employees and as a leadership team, the employees really want those, the, the, the leadership team trying to think how to not be too specific here. <laughs> um, if I, I'll just be specific. So, let's imagine they have lots of regional sales offices Yeah, and the leadership team and head office think, okay, you guys in regional, we want you to go out on social media and we want you to do all these things. And the guys in regional are thinking, yeah, right. I don't have time for that. I'm not investing my personal brand in your business. Why would they, when there's no leadership, Mm -hmm.
0: there's no role
1: models within the organization. Right. And I think this is where I come in and where I see the huge opportunity is if you build a culture of being visible from a right. leadership perspective, then there is somebody to follow in the organization and people understand, okay, this is normal and expected behavior to be visible online. yeah, And it's going to be celebrated. Nobody wants to be the one that sticks their head up and gets smacked down, even though the leadership are unlikely to do this. But it needs a visible leadership at the top, showing the way from a social media perspective in order for that distributed team to understand what kind of behavior is expected and normal and celebrated. Yeah, that's um, so important. Yeah, so that's my vision for how social media should be done. Yeah. But it's super yeah. rare.
0: It is. And I think it's, you know, I, I see it as a struggle with different clients that I'm working in, depending on their industry, they're really hesitant to it. But on LinkedIn, I found good adoption, typically with the leadership team. Typically, our team is in the background doing most of the legwork to help them keep up with it and, um, you know, to kind of, what's the word, remove the barriers to entry for them to actually, you know, be successful and consistent with it. But, um, in the LinkedIn setting, I found that people are a little bit more receptive to the concept. When you start branching over the personal brand into other social platforms that have more of a casual nature, that's when I see the leadership team start to kind of put the brakes on things and be a little bit more nervous. Um, yeah. And it just depends on the industry. But um, LinkedIn, as I found, has been a very, it feels like a safe place for, for a lot of the leadership to feel like I can put myself out there as a personal entity versus just the company.
1: I think the mistake I see a lot of people make at that level is simply delegating everything Mm -hmm. and not willing to be visible in it. And I think having somebody like you to facilitate their visibility, that's golden.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the struggles too is a lot of times, like you're saying, they'll delegate over some of the pieces and they forget the fact that someone like me or someone else, honestly, anybody other than them does not know exactly who they know. And so you can never fully delegate off, you know, the connection requests, the, you know, accepting connections from valuable people or seeking out people that they met at breakfasts or luncheons or conferences. You know, all of those connections are things that, you alone know, and I keep telling people this last number I saw was that LinkedIn allowed you to have 35,000 connections, which is just insane. <laughs> I mean, that's an, a huge number. Um, it just feels totally overwhelming to think about managing that many contacts, but um, that just shows you the potential. You know, if you wanted to get in front of specific types of people, you could, and then as you have Personal branding content that you're putting out there, you're just reaching that many more people. So I think
1: I think this is moving people from the market and the connections mindset to an audience mindset. Mm-hmm. Is it can be quite a powerful shift because thirty five thousand people in your audience, that could change your life. Right. If you're well... sitting there with two or three hundred connections, you're missing a huge opportunity.
0: Well, and I tell people, you know, LinkedIn on your personal profile is one of the only places that I know of where you can curate who your audience is. You can deny a connection request if someone wants to be connected where you're like, we just, this isn't a good fit. But let's say you're a real estate agent and you want to connect with more mortgage brokers because they refer business to you and vice versa. Well, you can go out and do searches for mortgage broker in whatever your town is or specific towns and regions you're wanting to get into. And you can make connection requests with all of those people. And as long as there's you know, some common thread as to why they would want to accept you, you know, there are good odds you'll get some new connections. And then all of a sudden your network is full of your ideal center of influence or customer. Hmm. On other social platforms, you can... You can run advertising campaigns for specific types of people. You can maybe send emails to people to invite them to follow your page. But largely, people might hit follow or like on your page for your company, and you have no idea, is this person my ideal customer or partner? You're hoping so, but you don't know. On LinkedIn, on your personal profile, you really have a lot of control.
1: Or the trap I see a lot of people falling into, particularly with LinkedIn, is that they've they're consumers
0: mm-hmm.
1: that they they like they build their network and it feels good and they could dopamine hit every time somebody accepts a connection request but essentially you may as well not be there but focusing on being a creator alongside having a network is the kind of thing that will it will change the dynamic when there's an opportunity so if you yeah. can imagine if somebody is a regular listener to your podcast, Valerie. They're sitting there thinking, I need somebody to manage the social media from my organization. Right. And there's this local company, this company, this company, or there's the Valerie Morris. They've got a decision to make now. Do they use ordinary risky, ordinary risky, or that Valerie Morris off the TV who I know, like, and trust? Right. They have got to make, they have to actively dislike you. Before they're going to not choose to contact, right,
0: you. right,
1: and or at this least is the consider power of contact.
0: <laughs> contacting. <laughs> they're going to scope this you the, out.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they're going to have to actively disclude you. Yeah, disclude. They're going to have to actively exclude, exclude you. Exclude. <laughs> um, We're just
0: going to make up words here on this podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, um and that's a powerful thing. that yeah. The power of the parasocial relationship is incredible. But it only comes through regular visibility.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it can be game-changing to your business. Um, yeah. I haven't had to do a proposal for work for two years because people have already decided they want to work with you. They just want to know, can they afford it? And right. the answer, if you're listening, is yes, you can afford it. I'm not expensive. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun to see. And it's also, I think one of the other things people, and you kind of hinted on it in your explanation there is people forget that there's a relationship happening. You know, you're not just, uh, you don't want to just be a consumer, but each of these connections are opportunities for live coffee meetings, zoom coffee meetings, Meetups at conferences or continuations of meeting at conferences, but in the virtual space, there's there's relationship that can happen. Um, and when there's genuine connection happening in comments, private messages, um separate emails that all stem originally from that LinkedIn connection or so or any social media connection really that's rare because there's so much spam out there now and so much kind of automated quick answer but not deep genuine hey i want to connect with you kind of interaction when there is that genuine reaction or interaction going on it's so powerful you know and it sticks out it's it it makes an impression so i think if you go into it with the, the idea that, hey, these are all just relationship tools, you know, and I can leverage these relationships and grow those with multiple tools and in multiple ways. Um, but it's not just going to happen because I post one time or I hit a like on one post. There's got to be some depth that happens over some time.
1: I think if you look at the fundamental job of marketing, It's to insert me into the mind of somebody else in such a way that it's retained. Yeah. And that takes a degree of repetition. And I remember when we actually met in person in San Diego, when I was at that conference, somebody came up to me and said, are you Bob gentle? (laughs) Yes. And it was the weirdest thing. She knew what my, my kids' names she knew what one of them did. For, she knew what both of them did. She knew where I lived. She knew what I did for fun. Yeah. She knew I was into snowboarding. She was also potentially my ideal customer. Right. But it was a very bizarre experience because I had literally no idea who she was. Yeah. I existed as a real thing in her head, and that's the function of marketing. Mm-hmm. And I, I am, I am what's on offer here. It's only me. And I need to exist in other people's head. And the only way I can do that is through the vector of content, through transmitting a signal regularly, as clearly as possible.
0: Well, and you also just mentioned snowboarding and your family. And those are things that, you know, sometimes people have a hard time sharing some of those personal interests, but those are some of the things that often stick the most, you know, other people that love snowboarding too, they're going to gravitate towards you or they have kids similar age or just that they've been a parent too. Like they're going to have that similar connection with you um, compared to anybody else. Or it just, even if they don't connect personally with that, like, Hey, I love snowboarding too. It brings a humanity to you of saying, yeah, I am a real person. You know, I may not always get it right all the time, I struggle just like you might because you're showing that humanity as well as the professional side of things.
1: I think the biggest concern I hear from people when we come to talking about content and personal brand content and try to move away from being one-dimensional, because that's the danger with personal branding, is you just go for the low-hanging fruit, which is work. Right. And honestly, nobody cares. They do to an extent right but you need to exist in three dimensions and you can only do that if you're a little bit more open Is a lot of people will worry well what if people don't like me and actually you need to become okay with celebrating that and albert einstein said it best it's the whole e equals mc squared thing for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction and you can't have a strong force of attraction without the opposite right And you have to celebrate that um i know that for some weird reason, there are some people who don't like me and I have to be really okay with that. (laughs) And I can't let that get in the way of me showing up for those people who I'm for. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it just needs to be okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I learned that many years ago in business, but it's a good reminder. But yeah, just you you deal with uh, clients that, you know, you're just working together and you realize like, we are just not a good fit. And after a while, it's like, if I can just attract the people that are a good fit, I'm not going to deal with any of those frustrating client situations as much because I'm going to naturally repel them. They're going to go find somebody else. And I, instead, I'm going to fill my workload with people that I do enjoy working with that are my people. So it's, it's not just great for your brand it also makes the workday a lot more beneficial and a lot more enjoyable
1: it absolutely does i mean people before they contact you they've already decided to like you that's fantastic there's nothing worse than winning a client and then discovering that you both think the other person's an asshole mm-hmm. and you're stuck with each other yeah i, I apologize from a bad language um <laughs>
0: We'll forgive you just this one time.
1: (laughs) It happens all the time that you win a client and you think, Oh, what have I done? Yeah. It's just bad news.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, Bob, you have just shared so many great, so many great nuggets of wisdom. I'm going to be walking away with just encouragement today, even uh, to take some action steps towards my own personal brand and just, just so many good reminders. That you just shared. So I just want to thank you for that. Um, you mentioned before we jumped on here that you have a personal brand roadmap. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what that is and how that's helpful for people?
1: The personal brand business roadmap. So I have two tools. One is available now. The Wadi one will hopefully be ready by the time this goes out. So the first one is the personal brand business roadmap. And that's really designed for those people like Uh, coaches, consultants, creators, those people who need to both build their personal brand and then monetize it. And a lot of the time people find that confusing to the point of paralysis. So this roadmap really helps you take it in a stepwise route. And if you visit my website, amplifyme.agency, it's incredibly hard to miss. I challenge you to miss it. (laughs) Um, The other thing is what I'm calling the personal brand canvas. And that's really designed for those people who simply need to understand, okay, what is my personal brand? Yeah. And how do I express it? So that could be more f- for everybody, but in particular for the executives and the, the, the leadership space, okay. where you don't necessarily need to monetize. Your business has already got that covered. So the personal brand business canvas will help you work through all of that. So they will both be available on my website, hopefully by the time this comes out.
0: Okay, great. And so if people want to get more from you on a day-to-day basis, they just want more wisdom from Bob Gentle in their life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, AmplifyMe.agency. And where, where are you showing up most on social media these days?
1: Well, my podcast is awesome. It's where I get to be incredibly nosy and ask all kinds of great questions from amazing people like you. <laughs> um it's the personal brand entrepreneur show it's everywhere there are podcasts um if you want to connect with me online i'm everywhere and you'll find me at bob gentle on pretty much every platform and i would welcome anyone to get in touch if anybody wants to email it's bob at amplifyme.agency
0: Great. anytime wonderful Well, Bob, thanks again so much for joining us today and sharing so many amazing little tidbits here and just inspiration to get our brands and our personalities out there more. So thanks so Um, much, Bob.
1: It's absolutely my pleasure. And you're also very smart.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. (laughs) If you liked what you just heard please hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes. And while you're at it, go ahead
1: and leave us a review. That not only helps us out, but it helps others discover great interviews just like this one.